The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Ed of the Week. There's no better way to troll your Trump supporter friends than by picking up Bubble Genius's own tiny orange hand soap set. Give yourself a hand or take two. They're small, tiny in fact, teeny tiny. And they're orange, of course, and smells appropriately of circus peanuts in honor of the GOP's clown dictator. Am I right, folks? Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code CESCA, SESCA, at checkout, you'll get an additional 15% off only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Where's the plane? Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Tell me, Senator, did you nurse Catherine Yassau? What? Did you breastfeed her? Now, wait a minute. Yes, I did. Toughened your nipples, didn't it? Oh, son of a bitch. Amputate a man's leg and he can still feel it tickling. Tell me, Mom, when your little girl is on the slab, where will it tickle you? Take this thing back to Baltimore. Five for ten, strongly built, about 180 pounds. Hair blonde, eyes pale blue. He'd be about 35 now. He said he lived in Philadelphia but may have lied. That's all I can remember, Mom. But if I think of any more, I will let you know. Oh, and Senator, just one more thing. Love your suit. Bob Seska! I don't know what we're yelling about! The Bob Seska Show! Yes, that's that's a new theme song. <laughs> Brand new. It has that new theme song smell, doesn't it? Wrong. Hey, what the hell? I was I was tired of the other one. I, I didn't like the other one because it sounded all muddy and it was too noisy and for some reason it just didn't didn't sound good. But I I really like this one, right? Where's the plane? I don't know, Jank. Where is it? Where's that goddamn plane? The airlines all hate you, Jenk Uger. Where's the plane? <laughs> all right. Uh, welcome to our uh, our Thursday show. Hello, Bob. I am Bob, and we're brought to you by the best soap in the world. It's Bubble Genius. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. If you want free legal advice, head over to thebowenlawgroup.com slash Bob and Chez, or just click the link on the podcast page. Without any further ado, let's bring her in, our very special guest today. You've heard her on the Stephanie Miller Show and Tell Me Everything with John Fugel saying. And there's no one else who knows more about healthcare reform. Please welcome the lovely, the talented Jackie Schechner. Now on every other Thursday, right? <laughs> I like the new theme song. I think it needs more cowbell. I've got a fever, and the only cure is more cowbell. So we'll work on that. <laughs> How are you? Good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just I'm struggling to keep track of everything that's going on, and yeah, uh, lots it's happening. it's becoming more and more challenging. We've got uh, Donald Trump's 100th day. 
as <laughs> as president is coming up uh, on Saturday. I think it's on Saturday. Yeah, well, that's an arbitrary number. Well, depending on the day of the week, it's an arbitrary number. It's either really awesome, it's the first 100 days, or it's totally made up by somebody. Yeah, but the, the crisis, the crisis itself feels a lot longer than... Uh, a lot longer than 100 days. You know who else it feels really long to? <laughs> who else? Donald Trump. Oh, Donald Trump. <laughs> well, yes, of course. I thought you were going to say Jenk. Where's the plane? Because he hates waiting <laughs> for airplanes. Yeah, no, it, this is... Uh, this is the longest reality show season in history for Donald Trump. You know, he's just he's waiting for when season two starts. <laughs> can't understand why this is a full time job. Well, did you read the transcript? Do you guys talk about the transcript from the uh, the AP interview he did? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. 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 Well, where it's uh, abundantly clear to me after reading that, A, that he's as bad <laughs> as we thought. Uh, and yep. B, that he doesn't understand that this was actually not a reality television show. It, he doesn't this understand. I mean, words have no meaning for him. He understands <laughs> nothing. I mean, to me, the most frustrating aspect of that Associated Press interview, apart from all of the terrible and ridiculous and stupid things that he said in the interview, was the fact that it's not being made a, a bigger deal of. Like, like, there's nothing in the traditional press about all of the horrendous things that he said in this interview. I mean, whether it was lying about his ratings to uh, misrepresenting what NATO does and, and what his view on NATO happened to be. I, I think I counted up 16 different times they had to use the parenthetical unintelligible. Yeah, in, and in I wonder, you're right. I, I haven't seen it. Look, you know, we spent a lot of time online. I spent a lot of time on Twitter, yeah. obviously. Um, and I, you know, wonder sometimes if stories like this just resonate throughout that echo chamber uh, and don't make it out into uh, the rest of the world, the rest of the, the country at least. And this is one of those stories where I wonder because the transcript was very difficult to read. And yeah. I think that anybody with half a brain who read it would think, oh my gosh, this man needs to be mentally evaluated and perhaps contained. Right. And um, it, it, it didn't, as far as I could tell, it didn't really make it, uh, it didn't bubble up to the level of scrutiny that it should have in any other source other than kind of those of us who chatter online. Yeah. And it was, it was really something to behold. If you haven't, I would say, like, I would imagine most of your listeners probably mm -hmm. have, uh, but if you haven't read it yet, I would go back and find it. Uh, it's the Associated Press transcript of the sit-down interview. It was Julie Price, I think, uh, yep. with uh, Donald Trump. And just just read that through and tell me if you think this man is stable. Because I, I don't think that you can. I don't think any, any reasonable person can. Yeah, I mean, how was this overlooked when he said that he's the most popular thing since 9-11? I mean, that's basically what he said. He didn't say it in those words, but that's essentially what he no, meant. No, he did. He like, said he got the second highest ratings to 9-11 yeah. on the morning show. I mean, <laughs> how disgusting... How disgusting is that on every level, right? It really like, is. I mean, that's how he measures himself, is how his TV ratings are in comparison to the greatest national tragedy we've had uh, on our on our own land. Yeah. And, and as somebody, frankly, who was in New York on 9-11 and witnessed it from her fire escape, I can tell you that it, it gives me a, a knot in the pit of my stomach uh, that is, is tough to... Tough yeah. to get past. I well, mean, I, I hate everything about him, and this makes it even worse if that's possible. And, you know, either Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton, for that matter, would be in Guantanamo Bay right now if, if either oh. of them had said something like that. Like, oh, yeah, I'm the most popular thing since 3,000 people were killed in a giant terrorist attack. Well, that's, yeah, that's the other double <laughs> standard, too. It's like, where's all the, I mean, that, that, that comes back around to what's going on now with, like, Flynn and Carter Page and, yep. and Roger Stone and all these guys, right? Paul Manafort. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you talk about make America great again and America first, and yet you've got all of these people under investigation for 
possibly colluding, and it, it, it's looking more and more probable by the day, yep. colluding with Russia. Uh, and and those people seem to be the the yeah. Yeah, America people seem to be awfully quiet about it. I mean, aren't, where's your patriotism? Where's the we love this country? Where, where's that? Well, Tom Nichols, uh, who's a conservative uh, a professor at the Naval War College, and he just released a book called The Death of Expertise, which I'm, I'm dying to read this book. I'm not obviously Tom Nichols and I disagree on, on politics, but mm-hmm. I, I want to read this book because it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things that is so appropriate to what's happening right now. And he uh, p- published a, an article today that talked about a little of what he discusses in the book, which is that I think with Trump supporters, their level of ignorance in terms of how politics works and how government works and how the traditions of the American presidency have functioned over the years um, allows them to overlook all of these gaffes. They, they simply don't understand, and this is in this article, where they simply don't understand why a particular gaffe or a particular blurt from Donald Trump is, is so, yeah, why it matters and why it's so obnoxious and so wrong. It's been well, there's also the- this backlash lately, too, where ignorance is somehow celebrated. And that's yeah. really disturbing because it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be financially based. I mean, yes, our, our education system has become expensive to, to get a higher education is cost prohibitive in some regards, and that needs to be changed. And that's a whole nother conversation. But, you know, to just read and to be informed and, and to understand that there are traditions behind what we do in this country, some yep. good, some bad, uh, but there's a longstanding history to be aware of what came before you and what could happen if you don't pay attention to that is not something to be celebrated. Nope. And I, and I just, we, we somehow, have gotten to a point where the nastier you are, the less informed you are, the louder you are is is rewarded. And we see that because we look at who's in the White House at this point. Oh, exactly. I'd love to get back to a place where being educated, informed uh, is is actually a good thing as opposed to... And and look, I mean, a lot of that happened to do with the fact that we had a black man in the White House. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, I think... He became an elitist from some... In some strange way, right? Because well, right, and everything about him was considered other and and right. weird. And we had the Jeff Sessions thing with regard to Hawaii, which all started. Oh my god, Barack Obama! <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's all. I mean, that's all. It's an island in the Pacific, right? And, and never mind that it's a state. Exactly, and it's, it's convenient insofar as they can paint him as an elitist for living or having lived in Hawaii, and then they can also paint him as being uh, somehow foreign because he lived in Hawaii too. So, <laughs> I mean, that's why, uh, why that's why that's important. But there's another thing here that there's a couple of stories, in fact, where um, I think priorities or lack of priorities is contributing to. Uh, not necessarily the chaos, but a lack of understanding in terms of why Donald Trump is so bad and so damaging. Mm-hmm. And and the first case, well, one case is well, we've had a hint of it so far. I'm going to talk about Cenk Uger and his jihad Ooh. against the Daily Banter here in a second. But before we get into that, this is the story that pissed me off the most yesterday. It is uh, it is about Donald Trump's attack on the Antiquities Act and, <laughs> and National Monuments, the National Park Service. And the thing that... God, there were so many things that pissed me off about this. One of the main things is that the actual story got completely buried under the fact that Donald Trump commented on some guy's weight loss. Was it LePage? It was LePage, yeah. He yeah. was talking about LePage's weight loss. And that became the story. That became the point of outrage in reaction. And I'm, I'm looking directly at the left. I'm looking at you, left. For for missing the narrative on this because it doesn't matter that that LePage lost a bunch of weight that's completely inconsequential or that Donald Trump made mention of it. It's that he's announcing a plan, a uh, an executive order which he signed yesterday 
to... Well, at least he remembered to sign this one. Yeah, that's right. He didn't randomly just wander off. He didn't just go off and walk. Yeah, I gotta... It's time for Steve Doocy. I gotta go watch... <laughs> gotta, and then I'm gonna look at my stories. Which stories do you take, Jackie? I take Days of Our Lives, my, one of my favorite stories. Anyway, um, so he didn't wander <laughs> off to go watch TV this time, but he did sign this... Uh, uh, executive order that re-examines all of the national monument designations made by Barack Obama, but not just Barack Obama, also George W. Bush and mm-hmm. Bill Clinton. Yeah, I think people need to understand, too, because I, I, I did a little reading on this, um, and, and when you hear monuments, you think like, oh, the Washington Monument or right. the Lincoln Memorial, right? We're talking about hundreds of acres of parklands, yeah. and um, you're talking about you know beautiful parts of this country with with canyons and mm-hmm. and uh, biodiversity and, and foliage and you know just all, I don't even know the wording for it. It's like these beautiful parts of this country that that you want to go visit someday, right? I mean, this oh, yeah. is we're not we're not talking about necessarily like concrete monuments. You're talking about like land that makes this country so rich and beautiful, um, canyons and valleys and forests and oh yeah, all just that good stuff. natural splendor that provides. Yes. Uh, a, a, a degree of continuity That's when a good we go word. and Splendor, we, yes. yeah, we, we go and we experience the continuity of nature in these places that have been set aside for the people. I mean, it's the, basically national monuments are national parks waiting to happen. It's basically national monuments are a designation uh, permitted by the Antiquities Act, which was uh, which was signed by uh, Teddy Roosevelt and allows the president to set aside whatever land that he wants or she wants, as the, the future case may be, uh, and, and to turn them to protect them as, uh, as national parks or, you know, under the umbrella of the National Park Service. So usually there's some kind of justification, some sort of reasoning for uh, why particular tracts of land should be set aside, some sort of... Uh, like, Not for the example, least to mention that we don't become this giant concrete jungle where we water our plants with Gatorade. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a reason <laughs> exactly. That's right. yeah. that we do this. Mm. I mean, it's, it's preserving what's beautiful about this country and the land and, and the environmental options. I mean, it's... You know, for example, the Grand Canyon was yes. a national monument set aside by, I believe, it was FDR. And then it was, and then it, obviously it became a, uh, oh no, wait, it wasn't FDR. It was Teddy Roosevelt himself. It was Teddy All Roosevelt right. who set aside Grand Canyon as a national monument. And then it eventually became a national park. And and what uh, Donald Trump wants to do, he wants to review all the national monument designations made under the Antiquities Act by Obama, and then before him, George W. Bush, and then before him, uh, Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. and under the idea that he wants to return the land to the people, which is just upside down. He's taking away national parks so he can give them back to the people when we know that the reason the national parks are there is to set aside land that is collectively owned by the people. The people. Well, what he wants to do is open it up for drilling and yeah. for development. Oh, of and, course. Uh, you know, to turn it into to turn it into, uh, you know, commercial property. I mean, that, right. that's what he's looking at doing here. But, you know, the other part of this, too, is that do we not have more pressing things? Like, this is the executive order that he needs to, to sign. I yeah. mean, this is, this is a priority right now. I mean, we're, we're potentially, you know, we're on the brink of potential war with North Korea, right. right? We've got some serious problems with Syria. We just lost two servicemen and another one wounded in an ISIS attack in Afghanistan. I mean, we've got serious trouble. I mean, he's, he's, 
you know, now talking about what he will or won't do with NAFTA. I mean, he's he's really got serious international problems. They've got this ridiculous health care law. I mean, I, I could go on and on and on about all of the really pressing issues we have right now. And he's taking time to sign an executive order to reevaluate whether or not parklands and national forests should yeah. be preserved. And I it's mean, under, the, is- under the stupid pretext. It's under stupid, stupid pretext insofar as he's trying to target uh, executive overreach mm-hmm. I mean, using the Antiquities Act. And the purpose of the Antiquities Act is to give the president this power to set aside land. And he's, now he's saying it's an executive overreach. But here's what it really is. This is Donald Trump, at, you know, looking at millions and millions of acres. He was talking during his uh, presentation yesterday about the millions and millions of acres that uh, have been uh, seized by, you know, using all this terrible language, seized by the federal government and taken away from the people. And he sees that number of of all of the acres. It's something like 200 million acres or something of, of land that's been set aside. And he sees that as potential dollar signs. How about uh, potential golf courses? Potential I mean, golf that's courses. That's what he sees, yeah, right? Yeah, he dollars, sees it see, as potential development. Exactly. He wants to develop it, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was him and his partners developing it. Th- this Trump family is in ass deep with every crooked financier, whether it's oligarchs from Russia or people here, whether it's the mafia. I mean, the Kushner family. We were learning last night uh, uh, from Rachel Maddow about the uh, about uh, Jared Kushner and how he's in bed with this uh, this crooked firm that that co-owns a mine in Guinea in Africa and uh, paid a bribe to the the government of Guinea in order to secure this iron ore mine. And and Jared Kushner's doing business with these very same people was in violation of all kinds of laws they have trump hasn't divested at all he's not releasing Mm -hmm. his tax returns none of this so i mean all we can do is assume that the reason why he wants to rescind all of these national monuments is to destroy them Mm -hmm. yeah no i mean they're they've so floated flooded the zone Mm -hmm. with conflicts of interest and emoluments and things that are in violation of uh, what they should be doing uh, as the president of the United States and his immediate family, mm-hmm. uh, that you can't even keep up anymore. And I think it's intentional. I think it's just like, let's keep going until someone makes us stop. That's right. And I don't know who can stop them. I mean, that's the scary part of all of this is I don't know. Uh, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's congressional Republicans and that's the problem. Yeah. But or, the, you know, the attorney general who's in his back pocket, who's just as guilty as the rest of them. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think that their intention truly is just we just keep going until someone says, no and nobody's saying no i mean we're screaming no but nobody's got any power and saying no and so they just they just keep at it and it's i mean every day you read another story about how they're abusing their power this ivanka trump women's i mean it looks like now that they're backing off of it right but ivanka trump was going to set up some sort of foundation where they were going to (laughs) take money and hand it off to to women except it looks a lot like a hedge fund Uh uh, or a venture capital fund and it was taking money from foreign entities and nobody on the right seems to be complaining i mean Where is the outrage of that, right? I mean, we're all worried about what Clinton did or didn't do as Secretary of State, uh, and basically didn't, uh, as Secretary of State. And now Ivanka Trump wants to set up a venture capital fund taking foreign money, and everybody's like, hmm, let's see what that's about. I mean, come on. Well, and you know, I know there are a lot of people listening to this right now and hearing me yammering on and on and on about the Antiquities Act and about national monuments and national parks, et cetera, et cetera, and they're going, well, why isn't, what about Russia? What about all this stuff? And, and I can't underscore enough how uh, this is a major story. 
This is Donald Trump taking land away from you. This mm-hmm. is your land. As Americans, this is your birthright to co-own this land that you can go and visit anytime you want. You can bring your family there. Your great, 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 great grandchildren will visit there and, and, and see it in exactly the same way, unless Trump has something to do with it, uh, see it in the exact same way that you see it today. It is uh, all of this land, whether they're full-blown national parks, whether they're national military parks, Parks, whether they're national monuments or national forests, what it's have beautiful you. too. Go down the list, look at it. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, really, I did a dig into it just to kind of see what we were talking about, and and it's beautiful. I mean, some of this stuff is gorgeous in places that I'd like to go visit someday. I mean, oh yeah, but also you're talking about Donald Trump, who's you know, <laughs> right, like, that yeah. ass hasn't seen a national park and Lord knows how long. I mean, oh, this I know. Is not an out, this is not an outdoorsy guy. Well, you know, you know the, the the funny thing is too is that uh, about a year ago. He said, uh, he actually said, I don't like the idea of giving uh, lands back to the states. He wants to keep the federal government in control of the, uh, the national park lands. Uh, and that's what he said a year ago. Of course, now he's reversing on that. And he wants to give the federal land back to the states. He said here, I don't like the idea because I want to keep the lands great. And, and you don't know what the state is going to do. Well, where are the regulations the loosest? That's what he's looking at, right? Like, right. where can he get his deals through quickest? Yeah, so, and, and none of this is about making America great again or creating jobs. Or It's, you know, I mean, how the hell does allowing mining companies to dump all of their sludge into rivers and streams make America great again? How does uh, rescinding all of these national monuments and, and putting gaudy Trump buildings that look like things that you would snort cocaine off of uh, in, in place of this national... Natural splendor. I mean, it's, it's absolutely a crime against the, the American people. It's a crime against democracy. I mean, I think John Muir, or no, wait, uh, no, it's, again, once again, Teddy Roosevelt said that the national parks are, are noteworthy in their essential democracy. It is a, a place where everyone can go. If you're an American, you can go there and, and experience this land in its pristine state and you don't get to do that a lot it doesn't happen it's it's something that's unique to the united states the united states started this whole idea and uh and and now other nations have followed suit it is something that we created something i mean ken burns said it best it's america's best idea the national parks well it's and, like uh, mowing down you know it's like mowing down all of this beautiful natural you know, splendor and yep. creating like, I mean, no knock on Epcot, but like Epcot Center, right? <laughs> exactly. Where you've yeah, got like yeah. fake Paris and fake China and then charging admission. Like that's, that's what it feels like to me. It's like right. Trump wants to create this fake world that people can go visit and he can charge money for. I mean, that, that's the only reason to, to reevaluate mm. all of this millions of acres of beautiful natural land. In exactly. This exactly. So this is all to say, if you're focused on the remarks about, LePage's weight loss, and that's the most outrageous thing from this uh, presentation that Trump gave yesterday. You need to reevaluate your priorities. That's, I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. It's, uh. And look, we all know he's going to gain the weight back anyway. Yeah, of course, of course. That's what always happens. It's happened with Chris Christie, too, by the way. Uh, okay. So, well, there's one way to lose some weight, and that's to get that goddamn Civil War beard off your face, kids. We're going to talk about Harry's razors here. You know, I think one of the reasons, we've talked about this before, Jackie, is that I think one of the reasons why uh, all the kids now have their big Civil War beards, especially the baseball players, all the baseball players have big Civil War beards now, too. I think it's because their razors suck. I think they don't have a good quality shaving razor, and what they need to do is they need to discover Harry's at harrys.com. 
Well, look, I know that everybody listening doesn't have the same elitist access to things that I do. <laughs> right. Uh, so if you can't get to Target on a Friday night. <laughs> That's right. You're going to want to get your Harry's Razor online. Well, yeah, of course. But, I mean, even if you do make it to Target, you're going to be paying three, four times as much for your razors. And they're always held be- be- behind those glass cases. You have to find uh, an employee to unlock it for you just so you can get a shaving razor. It's, re- it's insane. It's like they're ke- keeping, like, computers and jewelry. And it's like it's a giant lockbox. And it's just shaving razors. And, and then you're completely gouged on the prices. But what you need is Harry's to avoid all of that. A smooth, clean shave from a blade that glides like butter and comes right to my door at half the cost of the big-name brands. That's what I love about shaving with products from Harry's, from the hefty, balanced handle that fits in your hand, to the precision-engineered five-blade cartridges that come with a lubricating strip, a trimmer blade, and a travel cover, to Harry's rich, lathering shave gel. Uh, yeah, yeah. It all, it all started when uh, Harry's founders, Jeff and Andy, got tired of ripping off uh, or being, oh, God, they got tired of being ripped off <laughs> on Blade Pride. Jeff and Andy didn't rip off anybody. They were getting ripped off. Like, oh, sorry, whatever. They're just tired of ripping people off. Yeah, right, right. They're just tired, sick and tired of ripping How to lose off. your sponsorship. In- <laughs> Bye, Harry's. Uh, one big company in particular jacked their prices again and again and made a fortune while we all spent a fortune. And that company rhymes with Schmollett. Uh Jeff and Andy quickly discovered the problem, the middlemen, so they bought their own factory, one that's been making blades for over 100 years, so they can ship top-quality blades directly to you. Result? Quality products at your door for half of what you're paying. That's the Harry's story. Become a part of it. Go to harrys.com right now to try their new shave set free of charge. You just pay the shipping. Sign up at harrys.com slash B-O-B-C. That's right, harrys.com slash B-O-B-C. And because you're a loyal listener to this podcast, Harry's will even throw in a free post-shave bomb. But only, only, only if you log on to harrys.com slash B-O-B-C. The Bob Seska Show. Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. All right, welcome back to our uh, Thursday show. It's Thursday, isn't it? Yes, I'm here, so it's Thursday. Yep. Almost uh, day 100 of the Trump crisis. Yeah, I used to look forward to Fridays, and I was like, yay, Friday weekends. But now I look forward to Friday, because those are the, always the biggest Trump news days. There's always <laughs> yes. like a Trump dump on Friday evening. So I wait for that moment. I don't go out on Friday nights anymore. I just wait for the news to break. Like, what what's happening now? That's so, so sad, Jackie. Isn't it? I know. <laughs> I know. But I know exactly what you're talking about. But I've about. given up trying to be cool. I'm just, like, really engaged. Yeah. And super hyper-focused on, like, when is it all going to come crashing down? And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like, when is he finally going to get impeached? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm wondering if there's anything that he could possibly do to uh, to, to be removed from office. I mean, I, don't a, know. I mean, we apart from, I mean, there's such a list now, and nothing seems to be moving. Yeah. I mean, the, the, it, there's nothing he can say. There's nothing he can do now as president that will get him removed. We've already been seeing the gradual normalization of Donald Trump, uh, especially recently, where I think since. Maybe maybe not since Syria, maybe going back to his uh, joint session address, where I think a lot of the press 
And I, and again, I, I want to make sure I'm perfectly clear about this. The cable news media is most guilty of this. Uh, and that is just this ongoing normalization where we don't look at all of the ridiculous things that he tells the Associated Press or some of the things he says uh, in, during executive order signings and, and, and things that he blurts on Twitter. This isn't getting the attention that it, it needs to continue to get because... And, and I'm not saying that the entire news cycle has to be dominated by Trump's tweets or whatever. I'm just saying that they deserve mentioning because without mentioning how incompetent he is and, and how unstable he is, mm -hmm. you're missing a big part of the story. You're missing a big part of why this guy should not be president of the United States. Well, nobody should be allowed to say this is the moment he became presidential. Right, like he yeah. lost that op that you can't say that ever when it comes to Donald Trump because he lost that opportunity when he bragged about grabbing women by the genitals. He lost that opportunity when he mocked a disabled reporter. Right. He lost that opportunity when he stood at a podium and told his rally goers to attack other people. Like there's nothing presidential about his behavior ever up until this point. So he doesn't automatically get to like give a speech or launch a missile and then all of a sudden become presidential. So let's take that phrase out of the possible lexicon that we use because right. there is no moment at which this thug becomes presidential. That doesn't happen anymore. He doesn't right. get any more chances. But don't you know he has all the best words? I know words. I have the best words. He's got the best words, Jackie. Oh, God. So yeah, how dare you? He can't put them into any order that makes any sense. <laughs> oh, by the way, I have a correction to make. Yes, I know. What? J Jason Chaffetz is a member of the House, not the Senate. On Tuesday's show... He's I not a member of anything much, for much not longer. Mu not, yeah, not much longer. <laughs> thank you. Uh, but yeah, I got no fewer than... 12,000 corrections via uh, Facebook and Twitter oh, uh, after Tuesday's show. I said he was a member of the Senate, and he's a member of the House. Bah. Okay, so yeah, I can't keep track of all 535 guys and... <laughs> women in the goddamn congress yeah i like how chaffetz is like yeah look you know people don't people don't step away from their job early when things are going well right? yeah like this isn't this isn't this isn't a noble thing he's doing and now he claims he needs surgery it's his good, foot good thing he's got yeah first of all it's his foot right this is not like it's not open heart surgery jason chaffetz's foot is this more bone spurs, right? Like, yeah. what's going on with these Republicans and their feet? That's <laughs> so gross. So, yeah, no, and, and you know, he's stepping away to have surgery for yeah. this, uh, you He, know, like, this smashed his, yeah, he, like. 12 years ago. 12 years ago, crushed his foot, and there's a bunch of screws and stuff, and he's got a bunch of hardware in his foot, Jason Chavez's foot. And uh, and now, I guess they're causing infections, so they've got to go in there and remove all the metal out of Jason Chaffetz's foot. <laughs> right, so and so he's going to be out for three or four weeks, and so he's he's not going to... I mean, none of it makes any sense, right? Like, it's not... I mean, not that his brain is much more useful than his foot, I guess, but, you know, it's not like he's going to be incapacitated <laughs> from actually thinking and reading and participating in whatever kind of reviews he needs to do. I yeah. mean, it, it's a foot, for God's sake. Donald Trump needs to have the screws removed from his head. Right? I mean, I don't know what's in there. But They're all loose. Don't yeah. you get it? <laughs> I got it, but I'm bummed. Where's the plane? <laughs> okay, Jenk Uger. Let's talk about the Young Turks here for a second. Oh, I, think I, spent I a whole hate lot giving of him any, any sort of uh, I attention, know, but, but go ahead. Okay, go ahead. so um, Justin Rosario at the Daily Banter wrote an extended takedown of, of Jenk, which is 
not the most challenging thing to do. I but was going to say. <laughs> but he, he did a nice he did a nice job. He took down Cenk uh, based on uh, a number of things that we've all been observing. And, and one of the first things is this uh, hypocritical purity test. Like, we, we're not sure. J, uh, Justin said that the, the Cenk has a purity test. Cenk says, oh, I don't have a purity, purity test. But, of course, he does have a purity test. And there's a lot of people judging other people on the left right now based on their ideological purity. And that is that is happening quite often. And the left needs to cut the shit, okay? I mean, between the Bernie haters and the Bernie supporters, they can't stop scolding each other. The Jank uh, and all of the Bernie support well, not all the Bernie supporters, but I, I would say a lot of the hotheads that are left over from last year's primary are spending a lot of time turning the word establishment into a, a negative. They're framing that as being an insult. And uh, and they're spending a lot of time scolding everybody for not being ide- ideologically pure and so on. And I think uh, Justin naturally went off about that. And, and Jenk happens to be one of the guys who's doing a lot of that, uh, I would say, divisive speech on the left, where it's just a lot of left infighting. We've all seen it all over social media, too. I'm just, I'm at the end of my rope with it. I I think it's so counterproductive. This is a fight that was maybe way past its expiration date, like six months ago. This is this is a fight from last year. Well, it's it's useless. I mean, have you not yeah. noticed we have this narcissistic sociopath in the White House? <laughs> like exactly maybe we right. need to Where? focus our energy there. Let's get some direction, people. Like relitigating the primary is such a waste of time and energy. You yep. want to know why Democrats lose? You want to know why why progressives lose? Because you get distracted like a flash cube. Like oh, yeah. pay attention, people. I mean, this is this is a bigger fight. This is this is not about who's liberal enough. Right? Yeah. This is a fight to protect our democracy. Like let's Let's all get together and get, <clears throat> excuse me, and get something going against Trump. But like fighting amongst yourselves is a big old waste of time. It's a huge distraction. It's exactly what the right would like you to do. Uh, so get it together. I mean, mm-hmm. what a what a complete waste of time and energy at this point. You're not going to shape the ideological future of the Democratic Party or the progressive left if there is no democracy left. Right. So let 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 let's focus. Like let's get on the important stuff first, and then you can talk about what the shape of the future of the Democratic Party is. But like right now, this is not the most pressing matter we have. I mean, I, I get that everyone's butt hurt and everyone's blaming everyone else for get what happened it. in the election. Lick the wounds and get over it. Yeah, exactly. Let's get together and, and figure out how to combat Trump and the GOP right now. I mean, the rest I, of it can wait. I, I mean, I think it's an empirical fact that this is an old story, that this is a fight that has, again, that has been, uh, uh, that's way past its expiration date and that it needs to end. And I think... By continuing it's not milk it. anymore. It's yogurt. I get it. Yeah, right? like it's it's but gurgled. Is, <laughs> but seriously, I mean, but now it's just a matter of, of of personal branding and saving face. And you know, I've written about this with regard to Republicans, but there is a lot of I think sports like fandom going on where yeah, but well, supporting Bernie or hating Bernie has become part of your social media brand, and it doesn't have to be. It needs to stop. You need to let it go. I know. I I get it. People want to save face and they don't want to be embarrassed and they don't, they don't want to admit when they were wrong or that they've overplayed their hand but mm-hmm. this is a case where I mean and I know a lot of people a, a couple of which have been on this show as a guest who are still playing this game
game of bro Bernie's a Bernie's racist and misogynist and why does he keep why is Bernie always on TV and then and then the uh, the Bernie people are why do you support the establishment and you know, this is I'm now I'm doing jank because this is exactly <laughs> this is what jank did uh, for 16 minutes on his show the other day talking about the daily banter uh, the daily banter and he was he went off on Justin and the daily banter using like not only obviously his own voice but he went off using other character voices like every time he would say something about the opposition he would do like the dumb guy voice or like the loud obnoxious whining voice or whatever he's just he's trying to stay relevant he's trying to find a niche this is it's ego driven it's trying to find a, a place for himself it's uh, you know I, I mean I hate I really do like hate giving it too much lip service and I yeah. know it's important because he attacked the daily banter <laughs> and so it's important to get into that no I, I right. understand that right but like this is somebody who's like so so much of a speck on the landscape of people whose opinions matter. Right, right. Well, and that and that's the that's the ultimate point in all of this. Yet we have to evaluate what we take seriously and and what we evaluate as being a, a circus sideshow. And I think what's going on with this Bernie versus Hillary fracas that continues from last year, by the way, uh, is a circus sideshow. It's it's completely unnecessary and does not need to happen. It's counterproductive. It's, it's an all-hands-on-deck situation right Correct. now with Donald Trump in the White House. And if you're still fighting about Bernie versus Hillary, you have lost the narrative. You need to reprioritize. It does not matter. First, Hillary Clinton and, and all of her supporters, they bring establish, the establishment credibility. They bring money. They bring mm-hmm. uh, 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 many, many years of, of political experience to the table. Likewise, Bernie supporters, there are millions and millions of brand new voters, younger mm-hmm. people who are ready to fight for democracy. Which is great. Yes, of course that is great. So why are we turning our noses up at it just because you happen to not like Bernie's tactics or whatever? There is, I mean, that's, and I guess that's the ultimate point here is that there are upsides to both sides of this battle and if we can just see that if we can just reach a point where i i think both sides of the the and and again it's not really necessarily even about bernie and hillary anymore Mm. it's about everything that circulates and orbits around those two look ideological purity isn't going to get you anywhere at this point right right? like that's not going to move us forward you have to you have to come to get look the democratic party has this issue right we're a big tent party right and so what happens when you get a bunch of progressives together is everybody wants to fight for their pet cause Mm -hmm. which is great because we're a party that allows people to have a diversity of opinion and a diversity of priorities. But if everybody's fighting for their own little cause and nobody's coming together to create this big army that fights for progressive values overall, you're never going to get anywhere. And you're just going to be a bunch of small little groups inside the tent yep. discussing what it is that you care about the most. So there, there does have to come a moment where you say, yes, like we need the power of the, of the progressive left. You, need, you, know, you don't want to let the moderate Democrats who may sometimes side with moderate Republicans in terms of selling out mm-hmm. what you consider to be progressive values for more conservative values. But but you got to get there first. Yeah. And, and you just you're, you're not coming to the table with anything if you're too busy squabbling amongst yourselves. Exactly. And coming to the table is a crucial thing here. That's a it's a crucial aspect of this whole debate, which is that uh, I think there's a, a level of intransigence coming from uh, from both sides of this argument. And that is that no one's willing to compromise. No one's willing to to actually concede ground. And and you're not conceding ground tactically by saying that, 
okay, you know what? I'm going to ease up on on using the word establishment as an mm-hmm. insult. I, I, and then likewise, uh, uh, Bernie haters are going to ease up on, well, you know, Bernie Sanders is just a misogynist and he took the election away from Hillary Clinton, blah, blah, blah. You got to ease up on the on the rhetoric and and the, I guess more uh, subjective kind of attacks and 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 dig in and talk about where both halves and the issues that are important to both halves can join together. And there, if you put together a Venn diagram, most of it is overlap. I would say ninety five percent of it is overlap. And there's some areas, maybe tactically, maybe in terms of details of how this gets implemented or what kind of timeline this gets uh, solved. Those are all details that can be worked out. Those are details that you can compromise on. And it's and, and I think the main thing, too, is just letting go. Letting go of the debates from, God damn it, a year ago. Do you know how effective and powerful we would be if we could harness the passion mm-hmm. and the experience yep. of you know the, the quote-unquote establishment plus what you were saying, the new voters, and right. those who are boldly impassioned by what this country is going through and actually – put that all together and created this I mean it would be it would be amazing. I think what mm-hmm. people need to do frankly is like put down the phone, yep. step away from the Twitter machine, like take a deep <laughs> breath, go visit a national monument, mm-hmm. right? Like just take some time outside and think about what the bigger picture is here. That's uh, right. Be- because the the infighting and the minutia is is such a waste of energy. It could be yeah. so much better spent in a in a productive positive direction if if you just put the 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 minutia down if you put the quibbling down yeah, but focus on on what's crucial right now which is winning nothing is more important right now than the left winning something we have and on to the th- local level too like yeah, let's start with level. the school board let's start with your yep. local elections let's yep. start with with getting out the vote let's start let's start making voting cool right let's <laughs> let's start encouraging people to turn out 46 percent of the country didn't vote and we have donald trump yep. like let's let's figure out how to fix that it's you let 25 percent of the country pick this moron and put him in the white house like there's a problem there it's not like everybody <laughs> voted and he won right you have I, almost half the country that went meh like yeah. that's your problem and i want to say i read somewhere that uh and again this is this may be completely off this is i'm jason chaffetzing this um okay. I, I think there's something like eight thousand uh former bernie supporters who are now running for office either at the local or state level and i think that's so goddamn important I well, Emily's see- list said they had something like we went from like 900 people interested to I mean I'm going to make up some number here but it was like 11,000 I don't know the number was crazy like yeah, it was huge. the number of people women who are interested in running for office skyrocketed like yep. that's amazing mm-hmm. what an amazing movement that is and you know it's it, what's truly amazing is the fact that you can run for office on a, a very tight budget and I'm talking about local office you can run for mayor city council yes. school board a lot of these play uh, uh, a county commission there are a lot of different uh depending on on where you live there are lots of different local offices that you can run for and do as a part-time job uh some of them pay some of them don't but most of them you can campaign on a budget you don't need to break your bank you don't need to be independently wealthy in order to do this you certainly don't need to be a trust fund child to be able to run for office at the local level and then even to a certain extent at the state level at the very least and i always tell this story about how i became a a precinct captain a democratic party uh, or Democratic committee member, uh, just by writing in my own name when I went in to, uh, to vote one time. How when cool it, is that? Yeah, I mean, I went in to vote. There was, oh, there's an opening for Democratic Party committee. Uh, I said, okay, well, 
I don't know. There's no one listed here. I'll just write in my own name. So I, you know, did the whole write in thing. I, I didn't think about it for three, four months. And then suddenly I get a letter in the mail saying that I won. And then, I, then I went and looked. I, I checked the results of the election and I won with 100% of the vote. 100% of the vote. And you know the 100% of the vote? My one, my one vote. I mean, I became a an official member. This was back in 2005, and, and the term was, I think, two or three years or something like that. So I'm no longer there. I'm no longer doing it, and I don't even live in that state anymore. But I actually was elected to the Democratic Party with 100% of the vote, and that one vote was with me. With your own name. Exactly. And so it is, it's really kind of that easy. I mean, you can kind of get away with that, depending on what the, the climate is in your precinct or Well, didn't you live district. on that, that island in the Pacific that isn't really a state? Well, this was a different place. This oh, was, I thought you lived on that island that wasn't a state. Yeah, the, no, this was, you a, know, this was there's a There's no rules part. there. This actually, this pl- part of the, uh, the country should be uh, stripped of its statehood. And that is <laughs> stripped of its place as being a, an actual place in the United States. States. I was in Reading, Pennsylvania okay. at the time. And uh, the electoral politics in America are funny that way. Where well, you just... Also, I think on the local level, too, it, it don't, uh, don't underestimate the value of door knocking. Right? That's right. I mean, the get out the vote effort is a real thing. And if mm-hmm. you're running for local office, it doesn't take more than a couple of nights a week to knock on your neighbor's doors and introduce yourself. Because I know that when I go and vote, and if I'm not entirely sure, like I know I want to vote for someone in the Democratic ticket, but I'm not 100% sure of like which person exactly, like if I recognize a name, like there's a lot of value in name recognition. Yep. And it doesn't have to be a TV ad. It could be like a yard sign I saw in my neighborhood, right? So mm-hmm. if you introduce yourself to your neighbors uh, and they know who you are, like that alone can carry some weight. So oh God, yeah. It, it, you're saying like it doesn't take a lot of money. It just need, takes some name recognition, maybe a little bit of time, make some poster boards and be done with it but yeah I mean, that's if you got, how you get involved it's that easy yeah and if you got kids in in grade school or yeah. something like that you're already familiar with the parents and the principals and 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 the school district and things like that. you run for school board for god's sake that's where the republicans were able to screw people over and this goes back to what i was saying about tom nichols earlier about just the lack of knowledge it all comes down to the silver bullet of education right and and that's where things are missing that's why People like Donald Trump and Sarah Palin get elevated in Republican politics because they have, for the last 50 years, undermined education in America to make it to 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 devalue it to a point where they can actually run people like that and win because they have stripped uh, their voters of the knowledge required to weed incompetent people out like that yeah i wish there was a, a real sense of pride in being educated about these sorts of things like it wasn't like i don't care politics doesn't matter blah 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 like i wish people were thinking like i'm gonna take i'm gonna take control of my own information yep. and i'm gonna get educated on how this works because i don't want someone to take advantage of me like they're really being taken advantage of and conned by not only Trump, but the entire Republican Party at this point. Oh, and God, yeah. there, There's no pride in being a sucker. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're totally being being bamboozled. And, and that's that's the offensive thing, right? It's If you, you, you're angry at the establishment, well, the people who are, you put in power are now taking you for a fool, and you're letting them. Yep. Well, you know, speaking of incompetence, I'm completely incompetent because I just blew right past the bottom of the hour break. So we're going to take one last break and we're going to come back and we've got to talk about Trump Care 2.0 right after after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. 
Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yep, welcome back to the show today. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for supporting the show at Patreon.com slash Bob and Chaz. Where's the play? I don't know, Jake. I have no idea where it is. <laughs> I just love to rub it in there. Uh, oh, yeah, before we get into healthcare, I just yeah. wanted to mention this real briefly. Uh, did you see the Jesse Waters thing yesterday? Where the most punchable face in cable news uh, mocked Ivanka Trump, of all people. For the way she held a microphone. The way she was holding a microphone. And there's no doubt in my mind that he was making a gesture because he did the he did the shaky fist thing like the masturbation fist jerk thing when he was doing the gesture of her holding the microphone. I didn't see the gesture. I just read the article about it. And yeah. I just thought, when he was like, oh, that's not what I meant. I'm thinking, that's exactly, it's what, exactly he what he was doing. It's exactly what he was doing. You just look at the video and you can see him jerking his hand back and forth. I said on Twitter yesterday, I was like, yeah, you know what? The only fist I want to see near Jesse Waters' mouth <laughs> is someone else's fist as it smashes his teeth in. Yeah, but um, they created a culture there that they've perpetuated, right? This total misogynistic, like male-dominated patriarchy oh, yeah. that they paid off for years and years and years and now it's all coming back around and and it doesn't surprise me i mean they're going to continue to root this out I, I think there's probably a very long list of men who've had very bad behavior at that network yep and you know uh bill o'reilly after he got in trouble he went on he went on vacation and then he didn't yeah. come back <laughs> guess like what the dog that goes to to you know we we the dog went to grandma yeah right? like, exactly went to the country live right, with there the you go. live with the other dogs in the country uh but now you know what it was just announced this morning guess who else is going on vacation Jesse Water, Waters. Waters. Jesse Waters yeah. is going on vacation starting today, which leads me to believe that the definition of vacation inside Fox <laughs> News Channel is the same definition of, of vacation as uh, as Forrest Gump. What's vacation mean? Vacations when you go somewhere and you don't ever come back. <laughs> That's what vacation means at Fox News Channel. Okay, so uh, Trump Care 2.0, Jackie Schechner. Uh, How do you take a bad bill and make it worse? Somehow they managed to do it. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is just a giant. This is a huge F you to uh, to poor people. F you. Right? To poor, to not, to not just poor people, but sick people, middle class people, everybody. It's just an F you to everybody. F you. Except Congress itself. Yeah, I can't understand. I mean, I can understand, right? But I, I, I'm trying to figure out where this is. Is this a Trump thing? Is this like a, a Bannon thing? I don't, I can't understand. Like, if your member of Congress is a Freedom Caucus member, right? Are, are you holding rallies telling them to strip you of everything that's good with health care? I mean, they, it's like taking away 
your access to healthcare, making it more expensive, mm-hmm. uh, lowering the the quality of care, what'll be covered. I mean, it's it's everything bad. It's returning to what we were before the Affordable Care Act and worse. Oh yeah. Right, because then you're going to shut the door on meaningful reform for years to come. Right. So I can't understand who the constituent constituency is that's pushing these people to this ideological brink where they're willing to really kill people, which is what's going to happen, by passing this terrible, terrible, terrible bill. Like yeah. it's not going to do anything that they that that Trump says he wants to do or that constituents are asking for. Like there's nothing good in here. Right. So I'm just I know I'm having trouble articulating it, but what I'm I guess I'm trying to say is like who's the constitu- constituency here? I think it's the people who just hate Obama. Obama. It's that they just don't like anything that Obama did and they want to kill it as a matter of revenge. They want to kill Obamacare just because well, they, they want to do it for the same reason that Donald Trump Jr. went and shot prairie dogs. They want to watch it die. They they, they just, that's the only reason, just to watch it die. So and, the interview with Tom Price that Sanjay Gupta did on CNN with Tom Price, I don't know if yeah. you saw it, right? But he, he said to him, you know, like, what is it you're doing here, right? Tom Price is the Health and Human Services Secretary. Yeah. And Gupta basically said to him, you know, like, what are you doing here? I don't I don't understand you. You want to sell people cheap plans that don't cover anything. And yeah. then somebody gets into an accident. They need inpatient care, right? They need to be admitted to a hospital and the plan doesn't cover it. And then you and I pick up that cost. And Tom Price's argument was, well, there's millions of people who want to be able to buy what they want to buy. Yeah. And Gupta says, yeah, well, that that's all well and good. But if that person needs care and their insurance doesn't cover it, then you and I pick up that slack. And he said... Well, exactly. That that's why there needs to be a safety net. And Gupta says, "I don't know what you're talking about." Yeah. And and that's that's what every reporter needs to say. Like, I don't understand what you're saying. Right. Because what you're saying is that I want to be able to sell you crap, and when the crap doesn't cover what you need, I want somehow there magically to be money to pay for your care. Like, it doesn't work that way. No. And and they either price is stupid, um, or he's intentionally trying to hide what he's really doing and I I don't understand to what end I mean maybe he's got another insider trading deal he's working on but none of it makes any sense and I think every single reporter who reports on this needs to say to the president and to Ryan and to Price and to everybody trying to push this crap plan tell me exactly what this does yeah because not a single one of them can tell you oh exactly you need to hammer that like walk me through your plan walk me through your plan right and it's, you know, I wish someone would ask Trump to explain it. Of all people, I would lo- love to hear from Donald Trump himself as to how this particular plan, Trump Care 2.0, with the MacArthur Amendment, you know, including all of these things where the states can opt out of essential health benefits, the states can opt out of the pre-existing condition language. And Congress exempts itself from any change. Exactly. Congress is exempt from all of that. So they get to keep their essential health benefits. They get to keep, they get to maintain their insurance even if they Look, have pre-existing they got conditions. Caught. Sarah Cliff at Vox did a piece about this amendment and how it exempted Congress and only once she exposed it, I think she was the first, only once yeah. she exposed it did they turn around and say, oh, well, well maybe we'll have to change that. Maybe. They got caught. <laughs> they got caught. They, exactly. I mean, that, those words didn't magically appear on the page. Well, Somebody wrote that. Somebody wrote into that amendment that Congress was exempt from changes. So don't pretend you can't pretend that this was accidental, right? Those that that didn't just happen. You know, and they got caught. I wonder if Jason Chaffetz went to do his uh, foot surgery before his Obamacare benefits run out. Right? I wonder if that's I mean, why he's doing it now. I'm just just throwing that out there. That's just yeah. something to think about. Yeah. But this is uh this is basically. 
an Obamacare repeal without an apl- a replacement. There well, is it's taking away the subsidies that help people pay for their health insurance, right? right? Because private plans are expensive. We don't have a public option in the mix. The only thing you have the option of buying is public health, is private health insurance, rather, right. right? And it's expensive. And so, what the Affordable Care Act does is it gives people help paying for their premiums. If you strip that help away, people can't afford health insurance. And you can say, like, we won't, you, you, you can't deny people access due to pre-existing conditions. But if if it's so unbelievable, you can charge them whatever you want. Right is is what this law says. Exactly. So, yeah. So it's fine if if I have let's say I have asthma. Let's just pick asthma. Right. Let's say I have asthma. I don't, but let's say I have asthma, and the insurance company considers that a pre existing condition. Two things can happen. They can either sell me a plan that covers everything but asthma, right, or they can sell me a plan that covers asthma but is like thirty five times more expensive mm-hmm. than the coverage for anybody else because they don't want to pay for my asthma. Like they don't want to pay if I need an inhaler. They don't want to pay if I have a medical emergency. They don't want to pay. Yeah. So they're going to make it. Maybe I have access to insurance, but it's not affordable. Right. So that's not actually access. And so they can talk about access all they want, but access and affordability are two completely different things. Oh yeah. So what yeah. they're doing now is they're taking away. All of the essential benefits, right? That it says like wellness visits and mammograms and screenings and like all of the things. Basically, that, the reasons why people get insurance. <laughs> exactly. Right. Know. They're taking right all of the basics. They're taking all mm. of that away. They're saying people can buy whatever they think they need, which is ridiculous because you don't mm. know what you're going to need. That's the whole nature of insurance to begin with. Uh, and then, yeah, you have access to it, but there's no guarantee that you can afford it. And That's we're going right. to take away all the help that you're going to get paying for it because the plans are out of control. So there's nothing in here that controls cost. There's nothing that drives down premiums other than offering you crap. Uh, there's nothing in here that gets rid of the high deductibles. There's nothing in here that that helps to guarantee that you're going to get quality care. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mandate that doctors take your insurance. There's no guarantee that insurance companies have to include doctors in their networks. Like None of the stuff that's going to make health care better for anybody yeah. is included in this. Plus, it strips away Medicaid. Mm-hmm, exactly. So all of the people under the poverty level who are getting access to health care through Medicaid, that goes away too. That's it, yeah. Everyone who has uh, insurance because of the Medicaid expansion would lose that, I think, by, what is it, 2020? Yeah, it goes away. And they're so, actually they're actually ne- negotiating to roll that back to make it even earlier and then bragging about how they're destroying Medicaid even earlier. I mean, yeah. Paul Ryan is on record as saying, hey, you know what? We might be able to do it even earlier than we plan to do it. Isn't that great? Yeah. And what's going to no. happen is what happens with health insurance is yeah. that all of these people who say that they hate the Affordable Care, well, they say Obamacare because they don't know it's the Affordable Care Act, but all these people <laughs> who say they hate the Affordable Care Act, somebody in their family is going to get sick, unfortunately, mm. or they're going to have an accident. And they're going to discover that what they get through this rollback uh, is crap. And it's and they're, they're going to be angry. And, and it's going to be too late. And it's going to be too late. Every time. Do yeah. you know how many people I've met along the way who didn't understand how health insurance worked until it personally affected them? Right. And then they were like, oh, my God, I didn't know. Well, here's uh, – I mean, this is what's going to happen politically with all of this. Um, even right now, and I'm sure you've seen that, uh, that the moderates are now being scared away. Donald Trump is learning a lot about how politics works on the job <laughs> because, you know, first time through on Trump – on the first version of Trump Care, the AHCA – uh, he got stymied because of the Freedom Caucus, and now he's catering to the Freedom Caucus, but he's going to lose the moderates. And then that doesn't even include what's going to happen to the whole goddamn thing in the Senate if it makes it through the House. And so none of this is going to happen. And I don't know why he's way out on a limb like this, other than just rank incompetence. Yeah. 
It's just stupidity. It's ignorance. He has no idea. He thinks he like a businessman. You can cut a deal. I mean, look, it goes all the way back to that AP transcript. Yeah. He just doesn't understand. He doesn't know how it works. He doesn't understand that there's lives at stake. He doesn't understand that this is that this is people's everyday. You know, this is this is healthcare. It's education. It's how people live their lives. If you're if you're born and raised with a silver spoon, and then you create this gold tower for yourself, you have no concept of how everyday people live. And he's now realizing that being president means taking care of everyday people, and he wants no part of that. I would really just still like to hear him define what community ratings are. I would like yeah. to hear him talk about, uh, you know, insurance premiums. I would like to know that he knows just maybe the the surfacey things about healthcare. You know, he doesn't. Of course, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't. It would be funny to listen to, but it would be terrifying. <laughs> I would just I love mean, to hear that question. Lord knows that word salad's going to be unappetizing. And this is why it's so crucial. This is coming back full circle to what we discussed with regard to his AP interview, which is why it's so important for the press to continue to focus on what Donald Trump says and what he tweets, what he says in interviews, like the Associated Press interview. Because, I mean, we ignore this, or not we, but the, the mainstream press ignores this because they think it's facile or whatever to talk about Donald Trump and his stupid gaffes and language and his ridiculous way of describing things and his uh, his rotisserie of superlatives and adjectives that he <laughs> runs through. By the way, that was the thing with the North Korea meeting yesterday where all 100 senators showed up. It was just a cavalcade of superlatives and adjectives from Donald Trump. That was the review. Just him saying all of his things. Very, very, we got the very best plan. We've got the very best plan. For, we've got an armada. We've got well, I think what was lost in the mix of that is it wasn't actually a briefing that included him, apparently. Mm-hmm. Like, he showed up and made an appearance, but they, they <laughs> oh took everybody out of, out of Congress. They bust all the senators yeah. over to the White House to use a room. Yep. Like, it, wasn't, it was just, it was all optics. It was like, let's pile them in a bus, let's bring them here, let's say nothing, and let's make them go back. I mean, it was, it was, it was a futile exercise in ego stroking. Yeah, and I bet on some level... The reason he did it was so he could sit and watch cable news and see the B-roll of all the set, like Marco Rubio boarding the bus exactly. to, to go up Pennsylvania exactly. Avenue. Exactly. To watch John McCain getting on the bus with his I'd assistant. I put money on that. That's all he wanted. <laughs> what an ass. What a complete ass. All right. So that is, uh, that is that. We may get into a little bit more on healthcare in the postmortem show that's coming up next. Subscribe at patreon.com slash Bob and Chez to get the postmortem show. We just keep talking after the credits roll. We just keep talking for another 10 minutes or 15 minutes or however long That's it takes. That's when the good stuff happens, It's right? where the good stuff and all the obscenities happen and and even some nudity. Uh, it's at least based on the last show we did together. Uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah, now it's time. It's time That's to, quite the teaser, Bob. Time to take off all of our clothes. Now, it's the naked it's postmortem. bottomless Thursday. <laughs> topless postmortem show. Uh, okay, so um, that's coming up next at patreon.com slash Bob and Chess. Subscribe at $5 a month. You get the two postmortem shows per week. If you sign up at $10 a month, you get the two postmortem shows plus the after party on Fridays. And if you sign up at $15 a month, you get the two postmortem shows, the after party, and an unbleeped commercial-free version of this show. So go and support the show if you can. And uh, thank you for doing that. Thank you to Jackie Schechner. Thank you, Jackie, for coming oh, on the show so again. so much fun. Really. And I don't know, people may, may have missed it. I, I said it uh, at the end of the post show the other day, and I'll, I'll repeat it again here. 
You're going to be on every other Thursday from now on until you get tired of hearing my voice. So I love it. It's so much fun for me. It gives me a chance to vent with like-minded folk. It's so wonderful to have you on the show, and I, I can't thank you enough for for uh, you know making the uh, commitment to be on the show uh, on a regular basis. Plus, and- it's selfishly it gives me a chance to help keep sort of the Chez legacy alive. So. Exactly. Exactly right. Plus, uh, uh, Buzz Burbank is going to be on the show every other Tuesday now, and cool. Kim- Kimberly A. Johnson is going to be on the after-party shows, and and uh, as we did on a Tuesday, some of the free shows, too, in the mix there, and then we're going to have Dave Ferguson back, and uh, all kinds of good stuff coming up on the show. So thank you for joining us. We're going to do the post-mortem show coming up next with our new theme song. Ah! <laughs> See you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.